Listening to new information creates fresh connections in your brain and greater awareness. Shades of Life awakens your brain with new information through shared stories and programs from a variety of presenters, bringing multiple perspectives and adding to the whole. Hello, this is Parisha. We're having a wonderful night here. My location tonight is Phoenix, Arizona, and I'm looking out across Camelback Mountain as we talk. Beautiful scene. I'm way atop here and can see the whole city. So many things are going on in our world that tonight what I really want to focus on is I try to stay pretty much in the trend of what's going on in my life and a lot of the questions and especially a lot of the communications and emails that you send. We do appreciate that you do send in your questions and communicate with us. So please, by all means, keep that up. And uh, that's what fuels and feeds the particular programs that we're doing. Now that my activities are a little bit more stable and on site, we'll also have wonderful, exciting guests starting to join us so that we can have other input. But please hear this. You're always invited to call in and actually share some information you have or even call in and let us help celebrate successes that you're having. And it's all about the communications and keeping things in perspective. So as we move along, we want to talk about some of the emails, especially all the communication I've been getting over the past week. And uh, that involves, because I'm involved with a whole lot of people that are starting up study groups, and that's uh, actually using what's been working fantastic for university students as well as the super learning groups uh, from a good 20 years ago. I used to be in some of the uh, innovative leading uh, development of the super studies and the super learning groups. And, uh, of course, there was music involved, and then there's actually the exchange of actually sharing the material that you're reading with someone else. And uh, there are a couple of things that we'll share tonight on just how you can do that, give you some how-tos to actually maintain the fact that no matter what you're reading, depending on your mind's ability to focus and retain, that would be your comprehension level. And there are tests that you can take for that. And basically what they find in the testing is that an average is less than a percent, okay? So basically the very most you could hope for, okay, and if that's, you know, that you've done no super learning exercises or, you know, civil mind control or any of the exercises that actually helps you get into a state of greater control of your mind's ability to retain and the little exercises and extra things we can do to actually make sure that we keep that up. So if you are, then you're probably only retaining about 5 to 10% of what you read. So tonight we're going to talk about how do we get better at that and what are some of the real results of happening and actually to celebrate with a lot of these people who are having major breakthroughs right now and actually using these techniques and coming back into finding the reality of their ideal scene meaning their dreams and what they can do to help make that happen. Tonight, we're going to take some of our time in this hour to actually give some practical uh, processes and things to help you along. But some of the breakthroughs that we want to share is that we have people who have started up study groups to actually study 
what it is to break the habit of being yourself, and that would be Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, but also the Fred Allen Wolf and a lot of the major quantum scientists that have actually brought us some very strong, uh, practical, applicable, good information as to what we have not been doing and what we can do with our brains and our capabilities. It's giving back control to us and allowing us to actually begin to respond with the ability, responsibility, to what we want in life and what we want to be for, what we want to help happen. Um, in all my travels, I'm, I'm very, very grateful to find, and I've been on another trek out here, I think this is like my fourth or fifth day out in the field again. I am so impressed with the huge number, and though we may listen to the news, as some of you do, and you think that there's just so much negativity out there, not so. Really, beloved, not so. There's just wonderful, huge numbers of people who are innovative and making things happen, and there's an excitement and there's an electricity that's going through people's fields and energy, and people are really on the upside of taking care of the things that need to be changed and where we're going. So uh, I just want to share that, that, you know, I in these days I have not run into any particular people, and I basically my husband and I both are very social-oriented people, so we don't really meet strangers. We just start talking to whatever warm body is closest to us. Sometimes it's a tree. <laughs> so basically we do like to communicate. So people are really, really into a good frame of mind to help and get themselves on the right track and to make the difference. And I just celebrate that. Every day I just give great appreciation and look at the sky and realize those are my horizons, not the walls, not the buildings, and definitely not the narrow streets, but the sky. So some of the people who have been sharing their success stories is uh, a particular woman who had been actually attended the program that I was doing, and she was from Nebraska. And she had actually heard about us through Consciousness Unlimited, and when she found out from a friend that I was going to be actually doing a uh, a program with a group that have been, as far as I've been concerned, very successful business people. And uh, it's kind of a private thing. They don't make it a public uh, program because they want to keep control of how many attend because they want the value of the time. And they're willing to pay for the value of that time. So very much, uh, you know, they personally invite people who they want to have uh, the opportunity to be at the program. But anyway, we were in beautiful Sedona at the Enchantment, which is a beautiful facility there, and all these wonderful folks came in. But the lady who came in from Nebraska had said that she had been listening to our show and also reading the things that we had suggested, but said she had went to my website and looked at a number of the articles I write in the very way that I think. And uh, there was just huge, beautiful compliments, and it warmed my spirit to hear that reflection. But she said that she had been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, and uh, she had noticed that she was having little tremors and stuff, and so the testing and the diagnosis was that. And she said she remembered that it was about, you know, her being part of that decision. She said, I kept hearing you say over and over again in my mind, you live where you think. 
So she said the first thing that I had to do was hurry up and get into some of those books and find out how do I erase that diagnosis from being where my mind focuses itself. Where do I actually spend time in my mind? And so she said she realized that the observer self, which she had heard me often teach about, you know, being the observer, you know, not so much the materialist that's disconnecting and reacting in the reactive mind, you know, to all of the surroundings and to not be plugged into the outside, but to be plugged into the inside. So she said she just started realizing that no matter where she was at, that the first thing she did was hurry up and look and see if she could actually find something to be grateful for and something to be positive about. And she said, you know, I was just so surprised because it was unusual for me how much I could find that was just really positive and good stuff. She said, as people, people were just very caring people, polite people, respectful people. She said, not that I wasn't aware that here and there somewhere in the corner or some distance from me there was somebody doing their negative stuff. She says, but I just tuned it out and immediately just focused on the positive. And she says, voila, it was there. So she started listening to her thoughts and watching, observing her thoughts, and found that as she was doing that, she was finding herself worried. And she said, I I realized in some of the teaching calls that I had attended that you've done, that you call your little, you know, that you say, I have these little worry lines. And she said, I remember that what you said was sometimes when you find yourself starting to buy in to the distractions, that there are these little worry lines. And she said, you describe them, which I do, as little voices that just kind of creep in, you know, get sarcastic or kind of condescending or, you know, even just flat out negative. And she said that you saw these lines and that you could just unplug them. And she said, that's what I started doing. She said, I would hear the doctor over here and I would hear my friends with their patheticness for me and everything. She said, I need to start unplugging that. And she said, as I was unplugging that, I realized, okay, I've got to replace that with something. So she said, Charlotte, you've got to put something in there instead. Don't just leave the emptiness there because it starts filling up again. So she said she started reading little commentaries and things that I've said and other people have said, and she said that then she would make them her focus. And she said she kept coming back to present time, just focusing on these little affirmations. She said then she heard me very clearly say, which I do a lot, you are the affirmation. And so she said, so I affirm my wholeness, my health, and my well-being. Last time she went in for her test, which was, according to her, this weekend, about six or seven days ago, they told her they wanted to reevaluate their first diagnosis, that there's a possibility that there was just some chemical situation and that they might find that she does not have Parkinson's. So we say hooray to that, and Charlotte, spread that news out and make it butter on everybody's bread and just let the world know it is our game and we can't have the results ourselves. We are definitely in a place to where there's so much wonderful news happening. Yes, it's kind of scary if you focus on the out there because the changes obviously offer some challenges. And each one of those challenges are no different than the runner that has to go an extra mile, an extra quarter mile every day to get ready for that 26-mile race and marathon. So let's just take it as it comes and let's make sure that we use good 
good strategies and lots of good clear mind and clear thinking. And beloveds always know it's good to just reach out because as you begin to research and you begin to ask the questions, there are always wonderful opportunities to meet other people on the same track and in the same place. So make sure that you communicate. Make sure that you stay and nurture your affinities so that the realities that you have actually are happiness, health, wealth, and happiness. Okay, let's discuss some of those processes that we said are available. One of the things that I find very successful in what I teach is to actually have people join study groups because basically, you know, the majority of my life, especially the early years, it wasn't about books. And so as I stepped into uh, the elders position that I often serve in, Okay, and that would be why you hear people refer to me as grandmother. That would be the term of endearment for a spiritual elder and teacher of of our people. Um, What I would do is actually, you know, teach them from our oral teachings, which is how I received my teachings. And I realized that these people were weekend warriors. You know, it's it's like my learning in my period was how to live my day-to-day at the side of my elder or what we would consider our teachers. I mean, I didn't have to run in, spend two days, absorb as much as I could and run out, okay? It was the ongoingness of day-to-day and uh, how life flows and what goes on in that day. Um, Basically, who I am is who I am, not what I do, okay? So as an elder or as the person who is talking or teaching, and sharing what I what I have learned are actually the transformation of knowledge into wisdom because I've experienced and I only share that which I've experienced and has given me the result of success that I was seeking. And then therefore it's called knowledge. Okay, knowledge to wisdom. Experience it brings me the wisdom. Anyway, so basically what uh, I've learned to do over the years, and I've been doing this for like about 52, 53 years now, I have learned that most of the students that come or most of the speakers who come, their whole background and the way that they have been taught to learn is through books and through the written work, okay? And so basically it's like, okay, we can do that. But there comes a place to where the written word has to be actively used and taken in, assimilated to the inner being that you are, okay? Remember, I I know that this doesn't make a lot of sense to people who are not maybe very much involved in, in the work of the brain, but everything that you're looking at is the projection on the frontal lobe, and it's exactly what you can relate to. If you do not relate to something that's out there, it's because you have nothing in your brain that could possibly put it there. So then that's an illusionary situation, okay? Then when we say that, you know, what's out there is illusionary, that's what we're referring to. It would be like trying to get you to see something that you have no neuron or no ability in your mind or no history or any kind of particulars to relate to. It's the same thing that you can put your keys down on the table and get in a panic that you have to leave because you're late and the fact that you're you're going through a certain particular chemical change, you're blind to the fact that your keys are right there. And after you calm down and come back and look, okay, another time, you look and they're right where you had looked previously to it. So 
remember that these are the things that go on in the mind. So it is within the mind that your answers rest. So then let's talk about how do we get the mind to wrap around the information that you're reading and studying. If that match, you could only retain 10% of that. Well, what I teach people to do and ask people who are studying with me to do in order to get the greatest distance from what they read, okay, is to come back and say, okay, get with somebody or somebody and study. So that would mean you read a paragraph, you stop and you look at each other and say, okay, what did that just say? So you take turns, and it's real important that you not have one person, if there's there's more than two of you, that you, even if there's just two, I want to come back to that, even if there's just two, that one does not dominate the sharing, okay? But it has to be back and forth, all right? So that you actually have dialogue. And in that dialogue, you're forcing the chemistry of your body to change as well as the brain to actually activate new neurons that actually become a pathway to this information that you're studying. Okay, this is physical, this is biological, this is necessary for you to do. It's a real thing. It is It is of the mind, it is of the body, it's of the brain. So when you're talking, okay, and sharing, you read, you stop, okay, you discuss, and then right after you discuss, you demonstrate. And what I do and what uh, has been taught to me in my lifetime, we have what we call our medicine bag, which is our story bag. My granddaughter calls it the talking bag. And that's a little accumulation of probably well, anywhere from 15 to 25 little bits of things. It could be fetishes. It could be a piece of jewelry. It could be anything. And you have them in your bag and you take them out and you actually tell your story. I know to the Scientologists, they call this the demo. Okay, the demo tip. So basically what you do is you've read, you ask the question, what did I just read? Then you discuss that with the people who you are reading with. And if there's more than two of you, let's at least have a couple of reflections on if everybody thoughts on just what they read. If someone should possibly hear something different in it than maybe the one or two who's discussing it, then by all means you must bring that forward. Okay, even if you think, well, I didn't really quite see it that way, so you're right and I'm wrong. No, 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 there's no right and wrong. What did you hear and how is it that you reflected it? And then at that point you do the demonstration, which means you actually take the little pieces of fetishes and everything and you make a storyboard out of it. So then you actually say, okay, here's how this unfolded. This is what I get from it. And you do sort of like you create this little holographic story that you put into place with all these little things and you give each one of them a position with their message and you act out the story or act out the information in the demonstration items that you have. And then after you've done that, you've got all these particular neurons and dendrites in the mind all doing their stuff. And then you have actually upgraded the amount of retention that you'll have of the material you've just read. And with that, therefore, you get far more out of the reading time there are some practices we can do to get more out of what we're reading. Okay, the brain being the instrument that it is and definitely a major part of everything, you know, what what has happened in most cases is because we have not used the brain research and the understanding of what we can do as we can work with the brain. We have become 
the body. So we have allowed the body to begin to make all the decisions that we make. So basically, whatever its reactionary process is, is how we begin to believe and how we begin to act. So the body becomes the mind, and therefore the chemistry of different emotions set off the reality that we live. So we live where we think, and the body pursues that with a passion and actually becomes something we almost are challenged with and have to overcome. (coughs) Excuse me. And then so what we want to do is uh, how do we then begin the process to change that, to make that different, to be on friendlier terms with it. Study groups is a way to do that or having a study partner. And uh, the success of that in super learning uh, techniques, like I said, has been out for 20, 25 years or even better, probably much longer. And so basically it was dialoguing with the material, getting involved with what you're reading, not just sitting there moving the eyes from left to right and going down the page, but to actually stop, think, and dialogue, okay? And so with a study partner, it's the ability to stop and say, okay, what did we just read? What, what, was, what did I get from what I just read? Okay, and then to actually share that. You can do that by Skype. If you want to do it on an international basis, then you can do it. There's so, so many medias now that we can use to make this so easily done. And so, therefore, the study group can be a number of people that simply just jump on Skype and, you know, you can have four or five. And what I've been doing for years now, because I started out with Ed Casey's organization setting up study groups for the ARE people, Advancement for Research and Enlightenment, uh, is actually to have a study group. So at that day and time, we used to meet at people's houses um, one evening a week and discuss Edgar Casey's material, okay? And as I evolved into many other interests and other things, not that Casey's stuff ever got old by no means, but just expanded the particular level of performance and activities that I did. I started it with a whole lot of other uh, particulars. Uh, most of my life, I would say a good 45 years of my life, I've been into brain research. It amazed me. The brain has always just been, you know, the total curiosity of my life. And to actually see how many people are in an unclear mind place where we're, we're just reactive vessels to the body and whatever environmental exposure that we've had. It's like I would meet to go into troubled areas of cities and actually see young people just living out gangs and stuff and realizing it's nothing other than, than what they have inherited through what they've been exposed to. And that there is not one of those people, not one young person or even a matured adult person, that if you can take out of that environment for any number of times, sometimes it's not about taking them and preaching to them or trying to change anything by, you know, trying to convert them to something. In many cases, inner city children and in these particular situations, all it took was getting them out of the environment to let them actually see there is another part of the world. There is something else going on in this world right here in your time and space. And sometimes that's the first gate opens is the allowing them to see that. And then the curiosity of that is where you begin to have the ability to talk to them and possibly share some of what you think and what you believe. 
and then at that point they're asking. And when the asking starts, they're open to learn. And, and, and beloved, if you're in any of those programs and you start right out with trying to promote and convert, you're never going to get the mileage that you really could have. You have to wait until they ask the question. So it's about at that point just sharing and being social and caring. And then as they see you and as they see things that's not familiar to them, then they begin to ask questions, okay? And then that's where you can bring in the reading material and then actually teach them to be involved with other people studying and other people who are seeking or asking. And then it becomes a very involved, you know, participating situation instead of talking at, it's an involvement with. And it works a whole lot better. And basically that's the whole manner of how getting into a study group works or having a study partner is the more the brain has the ability to be involved with what you just read, the more retention you're going to have. This sounds practical, right? I mean, it's just logical. So basically any of the particular what I call the transformational sciences, which is based a tremendous amount on quantum physics, which, by the way, has been with us for 120 years. Nothing new about it, okay? Uh, the part that's new about it is that now we can talk about it and not be called quacks or nuts or whatever else has happened. I remember the first time that I come out and started talking about it was about 50 years ago, and I had people up my back really big things, actually, you know, accusing me of lying or being deceptive and a whole lot of things. So as you come into what you're learning today, like I said, this is not new. These particular discoveries of the brain, stability, as well as the quantum level of energy. It's been out for 100, 120 years. So when you're discussing that, you want to make sure at this point that you're actually allowing yourself to get personally more involved with it. So don't just make it easy reading. You have to discuss it. And what I want to share is that uh, I have this beautiful young lady, and uh, her name is Janet, and Janet lives in Washington, Washington, D.C. And uh, she had started out with three people reading a particular book that I had suggested of, of Fred Allen Wolf's uh, uh, Mind into Matter. And uh, she just loved it. The other two people who were studying with her their schedule, they were all in college, and their schedule changed in the next quarter. So they they didn't have the convenience of the same time availability. So she said she was so into the material that she didn't want to drop it at all. So, and, and this is funny. I wouldn't. This is not me suggesting this. I just want to share it because it shows what determination can do. She said that she actually started calling these particular psychic lines and sex lines these free numbers that they'd give you that they would share. You know, you could have 15 minutes free time on their line if you come in as a new customer or something. So she started calling all these different numbers and actually talking to them about what she was reading. And she said she would actually read and then turn around and and allow herself to, you know, read to them and discuss it and answer, well, what do you think? You know, what would be your opinion of that? And she said, Lo and behold, these people really got into it big time. So out of these particular 900 phone-in lines, she ended up with what was like about eight people who gave her their personal numbers and they started, they had to find some kind of, you know, uh, conference line that allowed them all to get on. 
But she said, finally, after like about six months, seven months of studying and doing this with a number of other books, not just, you know, the mind and the matter, she said that they got up to like about 20 and it really started getting too much because you had people who never really got to participate by having something to say. So she said they, you know, they broke it down into four groups because each group of five had better progress than trying to push 20. So what they would do then is once a month get together on the conference line and each group would actually share some of the breakthrough uh, stories that they had for encouragement. But they broke down each group into five on a weekly basis and they had tremendous success. This woman, this beautiful young girl, you know, that was so innovative in her pursuit of making sure she didn't lose ground on what she was finally beginning to comprehend and have, Okay, today she is one of the top marketing people in a major New York firm that doesn't do anything but handle marketing and uh, uh, PR for people. So it's just, you know, and and they tell me, and I have not seen it, but they tell me she wrote a book now that's not on the shelf. So I am very, very excited to see, you know, some things like that. That just tells you, you know, more than anything that I earn as far as what I do for my work and service is to actually hear the successes that people are having, whether that's that's the real pay. That's what tells you get up and make sure you keep making it happen. And uh, I just love that. The process is to find yourself some very interested people and set up a little study time. And you get together either by phone or meet up maybe, you know, at a coffee shop or someplace where you can have at least an hour to read and discuss material that you're reading. Now, what I have heard, and some people say, well, this takes forever to get through this book. I want to say something to you, my listening uh, friends, that I actually say when I'm teaching. If in your life you had read one book and applied it, you would have everything you want in this world. One book, okay? And so the fact that when I look into mind space, and I see that people have read hundreds upon hundreds of motivating, positive thinking, uh, you know, self-processing books and everything, and I see the congested turbulence that they're still living and existing in, the aberrated state of just being confused or just not being able to break outside that, that box that they've built around their world and in themselves. Okay, so it's the application of the material that's really the results and the value of why you would read anything ever, okay? So basically, then getting with somebody and reading, I don't care how long it takes you to get through that book, if you assimilate that book, especially the ones that I'm recommending, any one of them, I have read myself and actually tested the results within group activity in that I know you're going to have results. It's not a matter of suggesting it. I guarantee it. The application is nothing more than just taking this hour, sharing what you're reading, doing the demonstration of what you just read through your fetishes, okay, and then actually discussing how would I use this? You know, how is this going to, how is this going to act in my real day, okay? And then taking... Some circumstance, especially the challenging ones or the, you know, the real testing ones. And those testing challenges situation could very well be a person, you know, or a particular that goes on at work. 
or within your own family and household. You know, one of the areas that it works tremendous for me is because the mate and, you know, the partner I have in life, and we've been married for 41 years, is totally opposite. I mean, if I say yes, I can depend it's going to be a no. And we've done the Myers-Briggs testing and a whole lot of personality and so forth and on kind of testing. And every time we do, people say you two are probably the least compatible people out of the selection of who you could be with as partners. Yet we've maintained these 41 years. And I, I realize for me, and my husband says the same, that it's because that challenge is always there that it keeps us on our toes and keeps us sharpening our tools, okay? But the point is, is that for you, whoever's in the family and there's been a particular manner of reactive mind, you know, somebody says something and, wow, here it goes, the button's been pushed. Those are ideal places to actually assimilate what you're learning. And in most cases, if you're going to do that, you have to rewrite the script so that if it's at work, the way you react to someone at work, if it's a condition, if it's particular a situation, you know, between you and someone else close to you or somebody you spend a lot of time with, you will want to write the script out. And that would be to sit down and actually think through the process of what really goes on when you're with this person, what keys off the undesirable situation, and how does the conversation go around that. So then you would take what you've just read and what you've discovered in this hour of sharing and reading and saying, how am I going to apply this? Well, here's the script I'm going to write. Instead of saying this and doing this, when this comes up, and inevitably it will, okay, because it's a pattern now, it's habitual, okay, so then this is how I'm going to do this. And I suggest with all my heart, because listen, very, very powerful people that I've worked with do this. They have their little, I think it's like the two-by-five card, two-inch-by-five, those little recipe cards. Or some people actually have it written on a stickum or something, in their kitchens or wherever they usually engage with these particular situations with the person in their home. And immediately when the game is on and the stuff starts, they simply grab the script and they do not allow themselves to say anything other than what they have scripted. Now, this seems to, in some cases, naturally would aggravate the other person because, see, they're in the game too. They're looking for the fix. They're looking for the chemical reaction and addiction to the acting out, the anger, the, you know, the whatevers. So basically when they see this person reading the script, then they start pounding them about that, you know, calling them names sometimes. People have reported, you know, there's been some really abusive name calling and that the person who's trying to agitate the situation began to actually try to get them even more involved in coming into the usual game, all right? But staying on that script is key. Staying on that script does not allow that neuron to go anywhere but where you want it and does not allow the hormones and the body chemistry to actually start feeding you the usual hurt defensive whatever the particular feelings and reactions are. Once you've passed that, Walk away. Do not explain yourself to this person. Just walk away. 
and the person may try to follow you. If that's the case, please try to find some place that this person cannot get to you. Even if that's going in the bathroom and flushing the bathroom toilet three, four times to keep the noise factor up to where you just don't have to get involved, okay? Uh, I've actually suggested to teenagers who use this instead of engaging with their parents in a negative way. Put on your headphones, turn the music on, stay on the script. Now, after that first encounter in Shift and Change, okay, you have a new neuron started. Not strong yet, by no means, but you'll start, okay? And as it starts, the usual program in reactive mind, okay, begins to be pruned. And so the new one stays up there. And you have to not only say it, you have to believe it and you have to feel it. So this is a time that you are going to feel good about yourself. This is a time you're going to say, okay, I won this one, this round with mine, okay? And you're really going to get excited with yourself that, you know, you give yourself an A. I've had uh, students and, and young people in family situations that, I, you know, they've actually put up a board in their room and they'll put a star on it and, you know, they give themselves a star and they do just do any number of things to celebrate the fact that they're, they're taking credit for a win on this one. Then, of course, it's going to come about again because habits are hard to break. So so we've trained ourselves to believe. Okay? So then it comes up again. Same thing. All right? By the time you've gotten through this two or three times, you are definitely on a new strong neuron, and you've got this one in total control. Okay? And then at that point, it's uh, even if, if you want to, and I've had a few uh, young people share with me, They've wrote letters to their parents or to their sister or to, you know, their sibling or whoever the reactionary process has been with, okay, and actually explain to them that they're reading new material that's telling them how to get control of their reactions and their behavior. So it's not about blaming the other person. It's not about looking at the, you know, person and pointing the finger or making them in any way responsible for your reaction. But it is about you actually at this point taking total cause and saying, this is what I'm doing to help myself. And I appreciate not asking. Remind, but please hear this very clearly. Give them appreciation. Give them gratitude for what you're doing. Okay, so you say, I appreciate or I am grateful for your tolerance and your understanding. Thank them for it. Okay? And then you can leave this, and then again, the next time that this comes about, you know, you've already won at least 70% of that battle because now they know what you're doing. And you can even do this if you want to before the first encounter. As soon as you make your decision to make this change different, then, you know, give them the education. Write it out. Do not try to stand there and explain this. Okay, because of the chemistry reaction you already have with the emotional flow between you and this person, for you to stand there and try to explain and verbally deliver this communication and this knowledge, it will not work. So you will definitely have to write out your explanation. And you can do that from the book that you're reading. Basically, uh, what we've been discussing and what we've taken care of tonight is actually putting some practical probabilities in place for you to process some changes that you want in life. One of the things that's my goal in life, 
I definitely use everything that I'm telling you about that have used it for these 71 years or at least whatever point of my adolescence that I was capable of holding that kind of thought together. And I was raised in this kind of environment, and this is how one takes control of their life and actually expands their evolutionary process into a global universal awareness, okay? There is a tremendous amount of response that is coming in through texting as well as Twittering and the other media that we use, and we're very, very happy that you're happy with tonight's subject. And we will have more. This is actually helping you expand your awareness and get some new ideas and thinking in there. It's not to convert you or convince you or tell you that you must believe. And it is not to say that you may not have your own idea and have found something that's extremely beneficial and good for you. And that's when we invite you to come online and actually share some of that with us each week. But for right now, let's just say to those people who have trillions of questions right now, we're gonna, we've are gonna we actually put together at least two of them that I feel speak for the majority of the questions that are coming in. And that would be to go back over what some of the stuff we just said, okay? Um, I realize for some of you who are having some real heavy challenges right now that this sounds like a pretty flippant way to look at things and to uh, one of the terms that has been used here is do, don't you feel you're minimizing some of the, the heavy realities of what people are having to face? No, I don't. I don't at all. When I hear people come forward and discuss the fact that they've gotten a fatal diagnosis to life and that I definitely have people who send information in to where, you know, after years of devotion and work within a relationship, they're coming to divorcing and so forth and on. And, uh, you know, young people coming in with just tragic results of abuse and incest and other things that come into life as we evolve as human and humanity. Uh, No, I don't feel that this is minimizing that. I feel that this is the only sane process through it. My life is made up of serving where I'm needed. So that does not take me to paradise, okay? That takes me to where people are suffering the hell that can be of life. So I don't feel it's, it's a minimizing of anything. I feel it's the only thing that has ever made the difference and actually comes true to performing what's really needed in excruciating times in people's lives. Um, in the work and service we do in the organization that I founded uh, better than 40 years ago, the Learning Center for Human Development, we go to where we're needed. And if you're going to where you're needed, you don't enter into a, a resort or a playground. I mean, you enter into where trauma and devastating things have occurred in people's lives, going in after storms and fires and all of, you know, the cataclysmic kind of things that can hit a person's life and watching how people actually go through the trauma. And and I get, I have feelings with this when I talk about it because it's so real and, and, and in a reoccurring situation in my life for so many years now. You go where people have put their whole trust in everything that makes up whatever their lives are. And they have collected material things that they actually, at this point, 
have considered that that is the value of their life. And in a flash of a moment, it's all gone, every bit of it. No way to recoup or to go find, gone. And I watch them grasp for something that just stays beyond the reach that they have at that moment. And the true trauma of that is is just, I don't even have words for that. I just know that when I look into that, all I want to do at that point is to have something that they can ground themselves with, something that right now will hold them together and keep the glue together till they can reset their reality. And this does that. This does that. Maybe not in the way I spoke to you tonight, because surely I don't go on those particular uh, places and excursions into uh, trauma and actually start suggesting book reading and study groups. But I do go in and listen just, you know, in the beginning, just a matter of just listening, just being there and listening. And uh, sometimes just, you know, at that point, throwing in some particular uh, this or that to see if there's any any ability to have curiosity at this point. Sometimes yes, sometimes no, but still all in all, allowing them to continue to vent their particular uh, take on what's going on, and, and it's always so drastic. So basically for me, it's allowing them to actually share their feelings and what their emotional level is with that. So basically we want to say that this is not what I consider a fix-it for anybody in a different way, but a way that I know works and helps people into a reality of doing better. So for now, have a wonderful filled week. Welcome you to Know What's Coming Up to get information on other episodes and share your reflections and questions. You are important and you matter. Shades of Life. Listen on Anchor. HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash anchor dot FM forward slash shades hyphen of hyphen life. Watch on YouTube. HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash tinyurl.com forward slash capital S letter O capital L I F E. Find out more on the blog site, https colon forward slash forward slash shades of life sol dot blogspot dot com. Share your input on Facebook, https colon forward slash forward slash www dot facebook dot com forward slash capital C letter O capital L I letter F letter E dot SOL. Stay tuned together as we make the difference. Expand your knowledge and you will transform your mind. Bruce H. Lipton